is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Next Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from Episode 8, our discussion of digital therapeutics. Plus, from The Vault, Conversation 18.4 from Season 3, in which Jeff Lazarus and Jorn Schottenberg discuss their objectives for Sections 4, 5, and 6, basically the second day, of the then-upcoming inaugural Innovations in Nathalie Care meeting in Barcelona. This conversation explores the implications of a healthcare app that leaves patients in control of their own care and proceeds to explore the answer and what those implications mean. Naeem Al-Khori notes that NAFLD and early-stage NASH fibrosis patients are referred to hepatologists and will need some form of ongoing medical involvement or intervention. Louise Campbell suggests somewhat differently that patients who trust and feel in control of the health management process will act with greater agency and provide more transparency for their providers and take better care of their own health. She goes on to describe a program Towers and Health has developed, MyLife365.me. This app, which can be used alone or as a companion to FibroScan, is available only in the UK today, but they're looking at several other countries. She goes on to describe the app's areas of focus and the self-management ability it provides for motivated patients. The future for digital healthcare is extremely rich and exciting, but it also has unique challenges fitting into the existing healthcare ecosystem. This episode captures both the challenges and the excitement while remaining optimistic and true to the potential for digitalization and AI to improve healthcare over time. These are big questions with complicated answers. So just sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join the dialogue in our LinkedIn discussion group. Mark, when I looked on your website, it struck me that while you've got processes going on in four different metabolic diseases, they don't feel that different to me from what you guys have on the website. Am I correct in assuming that fundamentally, if you take your diabetes program and you give it to patients who have both diabetes and NAFLD or NASH, that you'll see effect on both? Yeah, you know, the study that we ran with Naeem was a was a proof of concept where we used effectively this the same product that we use for our type two diabetes study for exactly the same reason that Joe has mentioned that when we're addressing the underlying behaviors for any particular disease, whether it's NAFL or NASH or diabetes or cardiovascular disease, the underlying behaviors are very similar. And so our thesis has always been that if you can build a form of support or therapy that can address those behaviors, you have the ability not just to target one condition, but to target multiple conditions simultaneously. And so, you know, for, for example, you know, in this, and we've seen this across studies where you, know, you have a type 2 diabetes driven study. And so these patients all have type 2 diabetes but they also have hypertension and hyperlipidemia and NASH and NAFL and, and you see improvements in multiple different areas. So that is exactly our thesis that it's one platform that can be applied very broadly to a pretty broad range of cardiometabolic spectrums. We have the, the challenge though uh, from a regulatory perspective of proving things one indication at a time because we, we see that there's a great value to a holistic approach but one that is actually regulated and therefore can be prescribed with that level of confidence by providers that this is evidence-based form of therapy. Uh, so yeah, that, that is exactly our thesis. When you were using Naeem, you may know more about this, when you were using the app, were you able, because people become more relaxed about it and less medicalized, were you able to tweak out the actual alcohol use within and how much it, that it played into the Naffold and Nash, or was that still very covert underneath it, I suppose? That's a great idea, Louise, especially as we are speaking about a digital therapeutic and a lifestyle intervention. But I don't think we are able to uncover anything at this point. I don't know. I mean, this is more for Mark and Joe and maybe thinking about something we can do in combination with questionnaires and patient reported outcomes. Also, potentially some blood tests 
tests that we can uh, do in our clinic and come up with maybe a different intervention based on the amount of alcohol being consumed. We're not doing this as far as I know, and Mark, correct me if there's a better way to do this, or Joe, if you have any ideas, but something to think about, honestly, and cognitive behavior therapy, obviously, it will work for excessive alcohol consumption, potentially for some patients. So I like the idea, Louise, you're generating some new investigator-initiated studies for me here. <laughs> oh, feel free. You'll get your commission <laughs> next time, I promise. If your patient has been enough until April, you're going to see both questionnaires and patient-reported outcomes as part of the platform. So we have been working for quite a while and making sure that there are evidence-based questionnaires that are associated to the best practices in the guidelines. Well, I'm struck about the synergy with what you two guys are talking about tonight and my discussion with Tony Rahman in Brisbane and some of their digital and therapeutic interventions that they did before COVID and during COVID because of distance and how well that process that you've got working together may work within an Australian type of system because of the distances and a lot of the US, for example. Some of it was synergistic with what's going on there, but probably you guys to a certainly a higher level at the moment, but um, it, it just struck with me. I just uh, offer one other thought. I love the point that was just raised. And I, I think a lot of the potential ultimately comes down to building trust with people that when you're working with people on any indication, if you have a therapeutic process that develops trust, then it gives you the potential then to uncover other really important things. I, I can't tell you how many times in clinic I would have patients referred to me for weight management or whatnot. And after developing a relationship with them, you would uncover something like a binge eating disorder or psychiatric illness that had never been diagnosed or properly treated. And so I, I think the art of this and the advantage of the digital form is that you can approach patients in a very human way, but in a non-judgmental, non-threatening way. And if you do that well, you have the potential then to develop trust. And once you develop trust, you then have the ability to kind of leverage, for example, as Joe mentioned, validated screening instruments that then may be able to help uncover you know, things that patients were ashamed to admit to their providers, but are, are willing to admit to a, a form of therapy or a form or tool that they have developed a relationship with and, and trust. Louise, before I forget, I wanted to ask you about the app that you launched. Uh, can you talk about it? I can talk a little bit about it because it's not fully ready in a lot of other areas and we're just UK open at the moment. We've decided to just hold that while we get it out in a few more areas like Australia. Now, mylife365.me is not a medically approved digital solution. It's not dissimilar to what Mark was describing. It's more cognitive and prompting and nudge theory, but it puts you in control. Now, only one in 10 people or ten, less than 10% are in the right areas. We want to try and help the other 90% locate their own risk. Now, that will allow us to, certainly what we see in Towers and Health, where people choose a lifestyle fibre scan, is that taking them off that pathway and putting them into medical care in the right areas earlier, who would have never pro normally been screened, but because you have a risk. I can think of somebody recently elevated fibre scan, didn't have any risks, then found out a direct relative had died of a liver disease, has now had their family screened and four of the members of the family have turned up with significant liver issues. That would have never been discovered till all four of those people or five of those people presented at end stage. So it's that type of thing we're more targeting. It's choosing to screen public health by the public and with the mylife365.me because it's all about you or me as the person because if I change me I can change people around me rather like your cognitive behaviour therapy mark you change the one person in the family it resonates with everybody else. 
else. So it's very much about the demedicalization because most people do not sit in a medical world, will never get access to it, but have the right to know. Again, first relatives. So we have a lot of people taking a lot of interest in, I just want to know more and be in control of my own health. I've got type 2 diabetes in the family, but nobody's going to screen me for this at the moment. So that type of come from the other way, squeeze it. Let's find the risks at different areas and give them to you guys in the healthcare environment. But again, we have people choose it because they're in healthcare and can't get scans enough. And it's one way to get access to Fibroscan. The UK is currently the only place with Towers and Health and MyLife365.me that allow you to just access Fibroscan and get a medical report that goes to your physician. So the physicians that receive them give us really good feedback to date where they've done that. So that for me is what we went to do as well as from Towers and Health, mainstream medical healthcare, providing remote fiber scan for clinical trials, things like that to make it easier. So that's where we currently sit in that space. But I'd say 80% of everybody who's engaged with their fiber scan and taken control improves their liver health. We know irrespective of genetics, the best form of treatment is lifestyle, 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 exercise and being in control. So it is about empowering, which is what your app does in a medical side. People, they're not patients. Some of them will go on to be patients. That's the difference. This is about you and I, and it would be really interesting to just do a healthcare study of primary care physicians because I get a number of them referring themselves for a fibroscan. We don't know it ourselves as healthcare professionals, what our liver health is. And if we did, we'd engage a little bit more with the programs that Joe, you were describing and Mark. So it's a different offering. It is, you've come to us, you've got risks. Let us help you help yourself and take control. My husband, um, who sadly can't be with us tonight, always uses the analogy of on an aeroplane, they tell you to put your face mask on first before you help other people. Let's take care of my liver first and know it before I can help others. So it's very much that way inclined. And we don't have advertising on it or anything like that. It is purely about you. With a catchy title, mylife365.me. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week with another innovative and inspiring conversation. So until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.